The following is a fourth-hand production. Previously on Hysteria 51. What's the best wrestling finishing move you could use on a 69-year-old grandfather? Looks like a 70s street pimp, but with big mutton chops. Grab him by the pussy. I don't know if I'd call myself a ripperologist. I'm definitely fascinated by Jack the Ripper. While you were there, because those buildings aren't there anymore... Where did you take the prostitutes you picked up? Grab them by the pussy. Dead prostitute was not an uncommon thing. Sadly, in no, late not 1800s at all. Like, uh-oh, they, they called it an oopsie. And the unemployed is a race whose token is a clay pipe and whose enemy is soap. If I go out and sell a little ass, I can get booze tonight. Yeah, yeah, he fucking killed him. Damn right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Grab them by the pussy. What are you doing out of that late at night? Why is there blood all over you? Where's my knife? London's version of... Skid! Skid Row! That's blood, all right. Grab him by the pussy. You're the Ripper. No, you're the Ripper. Robot. And when we say letters, we mean fucking letters. Hey, hey, I'm... I'm fucking British. He, uh, he 86 that twat. <laughs> but I eat a blood sausage. Oh, oh. Aluminium, eh? Grab him by the pussy. Don't try to box me in, man. I need to spread my party wings. And a little known fact, Tootsie. They called him Tootsie as well. Completely botched it. I plead oh, the fifth. Sykes. Right? That is impressive to say the least. Grab him by the pussy. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And now... Jack the Ripper Part 2 on Hysteria 51. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that has never been accused of murder, but kills it each and every week. <laughs> Ugh, that's awful. Hysteria 51. I kind of agree with him. That was, that was a stretch. <laughs> Moving on. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, I am your guide on this bloody, yet surprisingly jolly journey. I'm John Goforth. Alongside is my co-captain, Brent, FM radio DJ, Hand. Hey! Long time, first time. How you doing? Brent, this week we've been accused of putting out a podcast that is reminiscent of bad FM radio. Your thoughts? That is complete and utter horseshit. And I actually take offense to anyone. <laughs> who would who would say anything like that? Horseshit. I, I completely agree with you, though. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you about my last gig? Uh, my nom de plume was Howlin' Mad Murphy. You can run, but you can't hide because I am live and worldwide with 10 gigawatts of radio waves that won't behave. And you can't ignore me anymore, people. I will be <laughs> So in short, we have no idea where that accusation came from. <laughs> none. None at all. Or earned it appropriately. One or the other. One of the two. 
Also here with us making radio magic or internet magic is that metallic yet angelic voice. Conspiracy bot. See bot, I know you don't listen to the radio as Brent didn't install an FM tuner. I have noticed you're a lot more active on social media lately. What gives? I'm looking for Robo Horse. It gets lonely down here. I'm sorry, dude. What do you want to hang out more? Hanging out with you is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives me something to do doesn't really get me anywhere. <laughs> so so you're lonely. Well, Hysteria Nation, you heard it here first. Find Seabot on Facebook, Twitter, whatever your favorite social media is, and friend him, follow him, etc. At your own peril. Like, Disclaimer! He might pick you as his favorite target that week. I've had it happen to me. <laughs> he doesn't ask you to send him nudes. He just sends you nudes. <laughs> Which are disturbing. Yeah, yeah. They're they're just like the inside of a toaster. It's it's nothing to really get excited about, but you're gonna get them in the mail. Just know that. But and that, I don't mean why email, he silk- he's gonna mail them to you. But why is there like a silky <laughs> negligee around the insides of said toaster? Go fuck yourself, John. You don't know what sexy is. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we talk Jack the Ripper, let's talk once again how we're getting ripped. You say it's a lexicon of libations. We call it a bulletin of booze. Either way, we're all getting pissed. Here's this week's Spirit Selections. I wouldn't say I'm getting ripped, but it is Bud Light. Little known fact, the other name for Bud Light, Smart Water. (laughs) John, what are you working with? In honor of this week's episode, I am drinking Jack. (laughs) And Diet Coke. The Diet Coke's what sets it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and makes it so much more appropriate for this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why right. necessarily, but... Can I have a Diet Dirty Martini, please? (laughs) (laughs) Robo douche, what do you got going on over there? Well, fuck face. I am drinking a ripper. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Okay, Seabot, what is it? Vodka with a splash of vermouth on the rocks in a highball glass. Doesn't seem that bad, actually. No, not at all. Stirred with an extremely bloody knife. There it is. Yep. (laughs) You knew it was coming. There it is. All right, kids. No hysteria hype two weeks in a row. You're welcome, or I'm sorry, depending on your views on this show. And you know, you should be sorry. I miss it. <laughs> so this week we're gonna dive headfirst back into merry old England. Tonight's topic: Jack the Ripper Part D. The last part D I saw was a Charlie Sheen vehicle. So this is very similar. A lot of murder and death. Duh. Winning. So let's do it, Seabot. Why don't you recap for everyone what we know so far? From August 7th to September 10th, 1888. Jack the Ripper terrorized the Whitechapel district in London's East End with a sorting of vicious murders. At the time the area was overrun with derelicts, drunks, the destitute, and prostitutes. Sounds lovely, anyway, the Ripper killed at least five prostitutes and mutilated their bodies in an unusual manner, indicating that the killer had knowledge of human anatomy, or I suppose was just really good with a knife. I mean hey, A meat sack is a meat sack. The murders were sensationalized in the press only adding to the killer's mystique and body count. Jack the Ripper was never captured and remains one of England's if not world's most infamous criminals. Oh and he most definitely was not on Three's company. Turns out we all learned something last week. So we've talked about the murders. We've talked about the police. We've talked about the area. Now, Jack himself, who could it be now? Who can it be now? 
despite the fact that no one, and I repeat, no one was ever brought to justice or even charged with a crime. There have over the years. Oh, this been, goes back to the, the Scotland Yard doing such a awesome job. Bang up, one might say. You'll be saying wow every time you use this <laughs> police force. We are not saying wow. So there have been more than 100 people named as suspects who may or may not have been Jack the Ripper. I am literally going to tell you that is a very low estimate because everyone was turning everyone in for Jack the Ripper. Everyone thought that they knew that motherfucker and there wasn't even a reward. They didn't even offer a reward. People were just like, nope, I know it was Steve. Or in it, fact, after- I'm sorry, that's not a very British name. British Steve. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did it. I saw that. <laughs> saw that asshole. In fact, after this episode, there will be two more books written about how one of us was actually <laughs> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> it's true. It'll sell a lot of copies. That's the fucked up part. You, you got that right. I mean, this is the this is the gift that keeps on giving kind of like the jelly of the month club. You know, like people dig their claws into this and make a life <laughs> off of it. Some of these people that they're claiming it was make sense. Others are just comical and sad, but nonetheless, they're the names have been banded about over the years. So here's a few of the better known suspects. And I think we should throw out a warning. If you've done much reading about the Ripper, chances are we'll miss your favorite. They're literally hundreds of these motherfuckers. There's, n- there's no way to cover them all. Yeah. So these are just a few that uh, we could pronounce. <laughs> So he threw him in in no specific order. As you start with one that you probably can't yeah. pronounce. Montague John Druitt. How you like that? One bad. One yeah. bad. So Druitt. <laughs> <laughs> so Druitt was named as a suspect to be the Ripper by Assistant Chief Constable Sir Melville McNaughton. I love that name. You McNaughton. nailing the names mm. today. I nailed that McNaughton guy. <laughs> So this guy, this guy was made famous because he died. So his decomposed body was found in the Thames on December 31st of 88. The cause of death being suicide. They feel that he killed himself. His suicide took place just weeks after the slaying of Mary Jane Kelly on November 9th of 88. And it prompted authorities. The final, the final murder. Final of the canonical canonical murders. And it prompted authorities to consider him a prime suspect. And then after further investigation, however, the only thing that seemed to link him to the murders was the coincidence that he died. Now, that is disputed, but a lot of people um, thought that, you know, he had killed all these people, then said, now for my final bow, I kill myself. I don't know. All the reading I did, that's literally what everyone points to. The timing of his death. That's it. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, you know, considering a lot of the other names on this list, he's the runner. He's the forerunner. I mean, not maybe our list, but a lot of people like, well, this guy was alive then. And I once saw him. He was alive in London Mm -hmm. and he liked women. (laughs) So that's like three quarters of the male population. (laughs) And we'll bring each one of them in. And then the last quarter actually has has a, a stake in it, too. So the next guy. Prince Albert Victor, who was the Duke of Clarence. Mm, mm, I hear he's uh, kept in a can quite often. Mm. Oh, Lord. No. No conspiracy bot, not that Duke. He was a Duke. <laughs> All right. So the argument here is that he needed to hide the identity of a pregnant mistress. And all of the dead prostitutes that we discussed in last week's episode, 
they knew said mistress, so they had to they had to off him. Well, and I can get behind this because that's the way I always 86 broads that I knock up. Like, just make them look like a prostitute. They're found dead. People don't ask questions. It does work. But you're you're but you're missing you're missing the point. He didn't kill her. He killed all of her friends. Oh man, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> you have some apologies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so that's one version. Or the other version was that he secretly married and had a daughter with said Catholic shop assistant, <laughs> and that Queen Victoria, the British Prime Minister Lord Salisbury, his Freemason friends, and the Metropolitan Police all <laughs> conspired to murder anyone aware of Victor's supposed child. So some versions of the story actually have his surgeon, Sir William Gull, actually doing the killing. If you've seen that Johnny Depp flick, uh, From Hell, that's kind of the premise of that whole movie with some other shit layered in. But now when you look back on that, you find out that Gull was actually sick at the time or he just had a stroke and he was recovering. There's holes in this whole fucking hey, story. Hey, that, that's never stopped anybody from murder. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, except for like the left... <laughs> Side of your body not working. <laughs> Come over closer. I'll get you. That's how they knew he was right-handed. See? <laughs> it's all coming full circle. The left hand didn't work. It was obvious. <laughs> that is nowhere near that funny. Oh, Johnny Depp. Uh, so an argument for that being true, as we all know, all of Johnny Depp's movies are based on fact. Yeah, no, I, I did my whole thesis in college on Pirates of the Caribbean, and uh, I got an A. Dude, those movies I only think were out when you were in college. No, but in my fantasy, I they were. I do believe that Johnny Depp <laughs> is in your fantasies. <laughs> my wife's ask her. She's a penchant <laughs> for men who wear more mascara than she does, I think, so... <laughs> So the argument against that, that particular story, is that the story's originator, Joseph Gorman, later retracted the story and admitted to the press the entire thing was a hoax. And if you're in the, the business that we are, so many of these people in stories. Wait, 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 what business are we in? The business of the paranormal and the weird, John. So many of these people that, that, that originate. Yeah, that we're in the industry. So many people that originate these stories will come back and say, I lied, but it's caught hold and people go, nope, no, that's, that's not true. Point. Who who compelled you to say you were lying? Yeah, exactly. Like this guy is now the government has gotten to him. Exactly. Illuminati. Illuminati. Well, hey, the Freemasons were in this one. That's true. So obviously – I mean, watching the movie from hell once again, mm -hmm. you, you saw the Freemasons getting get, getting together and making these decisions, and yep. they all had these awesome rings. It was a whole thing. So then we move on to Francis Tumblety, American quack doctor. Say it with me, kids. American quack doctor. Who would have thought? <laughs> we got an American bloke over there. It's almost as if you've been doing too much science. Too much science. Is that possible? <laughs> so he allegedly kept a collection of female body parts. I mean, he's a collector. As we sit in my room surrounded by Green Lantern memorabilia, I kind of get behind the guy. Yeah, I, I can get see it. it. I mean, you know, you got Green Lantern. You've got the Black Lantern. You've got the Orange Lantern. You've got the woman's ovaries. Yeah, you, you know, like, hey. You, you, my dad was into it. I'm into it. Hopefully one day the children that I steal will be into it. It's like our seventh grade history teacher said, your grandfather was a shit shoveler. 
Your father was a shit shoveler, and you'll be a shit shoveler. No. Mr. Lassiter. Who was British. He was British. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, I'll thank you kindly to remark favorably on my awesome British accent I just used there. No. <laughs> so other facts about this American quack doc. I just like that term, American quack. That's literally online when I was looking this up. That's how they referred to him, and it sticks out in my mind. American quack doctor. I've had a few of them. So other facts. So he was connected to the death of one of his patients, but escaped prosecution. Also, in 1865, he was arrested for alleged complicity in the assassination of who? Now, who, who died in 1865? Abraham Lincoln. But no connection was found and he was released without being charged. So this guy's a roundabout towner. If nothing else, he does get around. So he was in England in 1888 and was arrested on the 7th of November, apparently for engaging in homosexuality, which was illegal at the time. And I say that because there was arguments to say that the murderer, Jack, was actually a homosexual and he hated women or hated his mother and lashed out against them. So, you know, that kind of ties in with yeah, some, of the, some of the some of the killer profiles that have been yeah. done over the years. Yeah. Like John's killer grinder profile. Alleged that uh, that he was a homosexual and therefore I, I don't really know where that comes from. I mean, if you hate women, you hate women. It has nothing to do with your sexuality necessarily. Well, but it can. And let's say you hate women and your mother mother was terrible and she beat you with reeds. You're going to probably go kill some women. I feel like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> Safe bet. I, I don't know what just happened there. So how could this cat been the murderer? Well, it was reported by some of his friends that he showed off a collection of wombs, women's actual wombs, which is it's out there. That's not a normal. That's and, a, and we don't mean, hey, here's a, here's a lot of women standing in front of you. Look at all of their yeah. wombs. No, no. Just the extracted. Part. You know, they got Comic-Con. They got furry conventions. But that's got to be a hard uh, ticket to get. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, how do you trade? Like, oh, this one's from a Chinese woman. Oh, I've got a Mexican over here. And you swap like that's got to Like, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> got to catch them all. Yeah. Got to catch them. Oh, women's uterus. How am I? the least offensive in this episode <laughs> <laughs> so then in 1913 he was mentioned as a ripper suspect by chief inspector john littlechild of the metropolitan police service in a letter to journalist and author george r sims so the cool thing about this letter i don't it has no bearing on who actually jack the ripper was <laughs> this old fuck in in england was getting ready to uh close up shop uh he he owned a bookstore and he was going to close the bookstore, or he did close the bookstore, and he's just going through everything in this old dusty bookstore. Like store. you do when you got to when you got to turn your books in the end of the year, you turn them over and shake them and see what falls <laughs> see out. See what falls out, right? <laughs> and he finds this stack of letters, <laughs> and he notices a, a, a handful of them are about Jack the Ripper, and he literally says, "Yeah, I mean, there's so many letters about Jack the Ripper, I didn't figure they mattered." And then he told a few friends. I mean, if you come across a Hundred-year-old letter regarding Jack the Ripper. Don't you think you'd at least read it? This one's written in the first person. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells a few friends, and they're like, "Yeah, you might, you might just want to read it. Maybe even turn it over to the cops." Yeah. And so he does, and he turns it over to police, and that's the letter from Chief Inspector Littlechild of the Metropolitan Police Service. That's the original letter that he wrote to George Sims. <laughs> Like, oops. Oops. <laughs> like, I almost slipped away. But it's like so many other records in the Jack the Ripper case just got lost. 
people were negligent about them. Often, I mean, a lot of the, even the facts that we've pointed out in this episode and last week's episode are facts as they've been handed down through history because the original letter or yeah. paperwork from the police has been lost. Yeah. Which, I mean, we are looking at 130 years. But it's the most notorious crime in the history of, of yeah. at least Europe, right? Yeah, way worse than Hitler. Paper's born to die, you know, and they didn't have fax machines and shit so i'm they lose shit all the time now i'm surprised we have what we do have and people are still investigating it but i'm with you oh i i I guess my point is that if we had more of what actually happened maybe we wouldn't still be investigating maybe we actually know who the fuck it was yeah so why couldn't he have been? Well, his appearance and age didn't match any of the eyewitness testimony. They had they had thought that the the person doing it was between twenty five and thirty five, stocky. Tumblety was pretty tall for his day, and combined with his outrageous mustache, that's the word that they used online. I prefer outrageous. I prefer fabulous. So he would have stuck out. Plus, there aren't really any ties to the murders other than he was in London at the time, <laughs> which is kind of the the going theme. With we a have a theme these. here, yeah. yeah. All right, up next, Charles Allen Cross, also known as Charles Allen Lechmere. Old Lechmere. So you take a closer look at the story of of, uh, the discovery of Marianne Nichols' body, and you might wonder, well, who were these delivery dudes that found that body? One of those men gave his name at the Nichols inquest. So an inquest is something that happens right after somebody is found murdered uh the public's welcome to come out and if if anyone witnessed anything say something it's like a, a public forum a postmortem one if, might say if you will at the inquest he identified himself as charles cross he is however also found in records under the name charles lechmere a 39 year old driver for pickford meats so mm, meats aligning mm-hmm. nicely with what we mentioned before about butchers yep cross slash lechmere was the first to see Polly's body lying in the alleyway, according to newspaper accounts. The second delivery driver, Robert Paul, told a reporter, I saw a man standing where the woman was, meaning he was second on the scene. What are you doing? I just found this body. Look at this craziness. (laughs) (laughs) Though the police let the two men continue to work, Dr. Gareth Norris of... Of some really hard-to-pronounce university. (laughs) Of Aber... A very hard-to-pronounce university argues that this might be a case of the killer hiding in plain sight. Right. His analysis shows that the path that uh, Cross slash Lechmere regularly took to work brought him by three of the other murder sites, and his mother lived by the other one. I mean, that's... Mommy dearest. Ooh, fun. I'll be the mommy. (laughs) No, not like that. So let's talk about reasons that he might be the murderer. First, he lied to the first policeman he saw, seeing that there was already a cop at the body. The truth was there wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's, that's odd, right? Yeah. Also, why give a false name? The other name turned out to be his stepfather's surname. Like, why would you give a false name if you had nothing to hide? Right. He didn't go by that name. Um, you can look it up in the ledgers, like the property he owned. It's it's. Of course, this is also a time that when you moved to America and you told them their name, they might write that down, might make up another one for make- you, <laughs> and then that's your fucking name. So it's it's not like it was on his birth certificate. Na- names were optional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So your name's Bandicoot Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your legacy, Smith. But why would you get rid of... Never, never mind. Uh, Give us your right. poor, you're tired, we'll fuck them over. Grab him by the pussy. <laughs> also, uh, working for a butcher would give him the, the know-how for organ removal. Uh, and I, I want to throw something in. I have never butchered anything larger than um, 
small game, a rabbit, pheasant, things like that. I've never, my father, we hunted. I, I small child. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you give me a knife in a few minutes. I can get to a kidney. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know that that seems like such a hard, and a lot of the intestines on these women, he would splay their legs open and threw the intestines literally over their fucking shoulders. Like he was just slopping that shit out. I'm pretty sure I can find some parts. Well, and the fact that it was over the shoulder, they've used as a pointer to these are all the same. I mean, if you're just pulling intestines out and throwing them, it, it very well just might go over the shoulder. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that was an intentional like people have tried to lend that a lot more credence than it might be worth, but he was a butcher, so it might give him the know-how for organ removal. Yeah. And, but it certainly would give him the excuse for being covered in blood. This is 1800s England. I figure everyone was just covered in covered blood. in blood, right? <laughs> That's just the way it fucking. Those out. that either weren't murdering or being murdered had consumption and were coughing it up on themselves. <laughs> That's true. Oh, we got a lunger outside. Shut the window. <laughs> <honey>. <laughs> Arguments against him, little is known about him other than he discovered Polly Nichols' corpse. Records indicate that he may have been recently separated from his wife and daughter, but beyond his testimony, we really don't have anything else to go on. Yeah, like like we talked about earlier, records at that time weren't very well kept. No. Period. No. So, and what was kept is a lot has been lost. Yeah, we got a sketch of what the, the cat might have looked like, might have, and conjecture. And that's about it. Yeah. So then we got Frederick Bailey Deeming. <laughs> so online, they described him as a rugged <laughs> sailor with a ginger colored mustache and was responsible for the deaths of two wives, four children, and perhaps five Whitechapel women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A rugged sailor. Well, blow me down. Also a rugged sailor that probably was a murderer. Right. So he's known as Australia's first. I, I, I find this hard to believe. He's known as Australia's first serial killer. I mean, wasn't that whole fucking island <laughs> yeah. killers? He was the first serial killer bred there, not sent there. Like, I don't know. Apologies to all of our listeners in Australia. We're not saying you're killers now. We're just saying that your entire continent. Great, great grandpappy might was, have been was suspect. Correct. <laughs> Here's a little Friday the 13th action for you. Deeming often suffered delusions, sometimes even claiming his mother's spirit was giving him instructions to commit strange acts. Ooh, fun. I'll be the mommy. <laughs> Including violent ones, you don't say. <laughs> Whenever matriarchal spirits tell you to do something it's generally violent i'm just i'm just gonna throw that out there clean up your room sweetie oh and stab that hobo (laughs) (laughs) so while in london he said he contracted syphilis from a Whitechapel prostitute swearing that he would have killed her if he had the chance but so, uh, once again, is that really out of character for anyone who contracted syphilis well, from a and, Whitechapel prostitute? Right. And old Freddie was tried in Melbourne for murdering his second wife. And on the final day of the trial, he testified in his own defense, a speech that gave way to a, a fit of rage in which he railed against the spectators and accused women of being spreaders of disease. And uh, he was executed by hanging the 23rd of May. 1892. So surprisingly, uh, that speech in his own defense didn't work. That that whole Ted Bundy thing didn't really work out for him. (laughs) I got this. I'll I'll defend myself. So how could he have been it? Well, he obviously hated women. 
understatement. I think that's a that, that, yeah. that's a known. He'd been in Whitechapel and really hated prostitutes after that one gave him that whole syphilis burns when I pee type bullshit. Also, <laughs> there was an article at the time claiming he had admitted to the final two Ripper murders, but he denied it. He denied doing those. So. He, he denied what the article said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reasons he couldn't have been. Well, the only two links between him and the Whitechapel murders are his insanity and his method of killing his family. However, the press in search of the scapegoat for the murders hastily threw suspicion on him, neglecting the fact that he was in <laughs> South Africa at the time of the murders. Henceforth, no. Grant, you don't understand. It could have been his spirit. That is true. The spirit of mom threw his spirit out there. Correct. And Correct. Yeah. So he, like, he left his body and, and then committed the Whitechapel murders. Thus no one being able to find a person around the bodies at the time. So none of those really fit the the bill that well. And those are some of the most prime suspects. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to delve into the investigation some more. And then we're going to get into the legacy and our own theories on who did this. Which are the best. They always are. They always are. We come back with more Hysteria 51. Robot. David and me, I'm a Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they designed it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. 
Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rachete, you're 50% off. (laughs) Rachete. (laughs) Redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Welcome back to Hysteria 51. In case you forgot where you were. You got to say the name all the time. It's called a reset. It's like, welcome into Hysteria 51 on Hysteria 51. We're having Hysteria 51 topics on Hysteria 51. I don't know if you knew this, but in radio, they call that a reset. (laughs) FM radio, that is. So we've went over a few of the famous suspects. I I say a few because, as we said, there is hundreds. I know that a lot of people say 100, but there was literally 400 people I, were brought in and and when I was googling to. when I was googling Jack the Ripper, I found a podcast called The Rippercast. If you're a fan of The Rippercast, let us know. We've never talked to the folks that do that fine podcast, but the point being, there are like 30 or 40 episodes an hour plus each. <laughs> Yeah, and then, all talking about Jack the Ripper, and and they're up to the second murder. No, I don't know. But like <laughs> literally, it's probably the way it is. So each year, books come out claiming that authors have managed to crack the case and have solved the world's greatest murder. Last week, if you remember, we were talking to Rob. He had taken the tour in England. He had read one of the books. He had a definitive thought on what he thought it was. His wife's taken the tour twice. People are making their livings off of this fucking murder 129 years No, later. honey. I, I Last time I was in England, I took the tour, but let's definitely do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so some of these books that come out, they actually find little nuggets of fascinating details that have been overlooked. These are are investigative journalists or, or authors that are doing it. The problem is that's the minority, not the majority. Majority tend to twist facts to fit their particular story. What's that sound like, John? Alternative facts. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to go with Hysteria 51. Amen, brother. Oh. <laughs> uh, also true, though. I, I don't want to compare this podcast to Kellyanne Conway. It's hard not to do that. And it would be hard even if you're a police officer to not start having that way of thinking, whatever that way of thinking happens to be in your mind. Right, of, you get a hard on for one particular yeah, like, idea. I and- cannot look down on that because you do that all the time. Like. My, I always say first opinions. If I think you're a douchebag when I first meet you, you're going to have to work your ass off to change that. That goes, and yet you still did a podcast with me. <laughs> How about that? We've had years for me to 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 mold that into just a a general hatred of you, but not directed at you. It didn't take me years to get there. It's more like a malaise. Conspiracy bot, John. <laughs> Robot. There's number two. I think that's him abstaining yeah, from the conversation, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so in the early days, police would appear to have believed that the crimes were- oh, I thought you were going to talk about the early days of Hysteria 51. Yeah. In the early days when we were talking uh, about- Operation High Jump? Yeah. How about that? Uh, if you haven't, listen to the first five minutes of Operation High Jump and then listen to the first five minutes of this or any other. It's rough. But you know what? We left it there. I'm John- Go forth. <laughs> I love how the example of how we're horrible at first goes straight to me. To be fair, you both suck equally. Well, I, I mean, was perfect. So I, I was born a winner and I've just progressed. No, 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 no. My imitation of Brent when we first started. Yeah, this podcast will be exciting and fun. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Now, the colors we're going to use this week are alizarin crimson, <laughs> cadmium yellow. <laughs> and now he's like, wow, zoinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vroom, vroom. <laughs> we're not saying the quality got better. We're just saying it's different now, okay? <laughs> Leave yeah. us alone. So in the early days, the police appear to have believed that the crimes were being carried out by one of the local gangs. And thus, their investigations focused on these what they called the high rip gangs. They thought like a group of people and that stems back to the, the white chapel files, that first murder that they figure now wasn't actually part of Jack the Ripper's, you know, canonical five. Actually, she was gang raped and she died of the wounds. I don't, I don't hate this theory. Even today, the one thing that we haven't mentioned about prostitutes is they didn't have pimps. And back then there were a lot of them and they would, in exchange for loans, in exchange for other other goods, they would say, "Okay, you're on the hook now. You better mm-hmm. get out there and 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 whore yourself out and bring me the money at the end of the night." As a function of that, many of these women would be sought after by these guys because it had been two, three weeks and they hadn't seen any money. If you wanted Sorry. to prove a point to people who weren't paying attention in your mind. A good way to do it would be to grab them by the pussy. No, not not that conspiracy <laughs> bot. Agree to disagree. To to murder them in a <laughs> to stab them by the pussy. To stab them by the pussy. Yeah. yeah, in a very violent way. That works too. Two problems I have with that in my own mind. Number one is they actually talked to a lot of these women weren't out and out prostitutes. They were just women that you were known to at times take propositions. Potato, potato. And number two, and this is why that they they kind of got away from that is they felt. There wasn't a lot of loyalty in a lot of these gangs, so they figured if it was a gang member, they probably would have ratted on the others by now for one reason or another. 
Of course, one of the things that went against that is they never fucking offered a prize or a reward. A prize. <laughs> I got them. I got them. Stuffed they, animal. Yeah. They never offered a reward. Uh, so, well, you I, know. listen, you could say that about the mafia. And while some people did get prosecuted in the mafia, plenty didn't. Yeah. Because the people that knew about it or maybe that had done the 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 bad were then murdered yeah, to right. make sure that there were no leaks. Yeah. So, I mean, you could apply that same theory in this case if you wanted to. So then you talk by the time Annie Chapman died in September of that of 88, police seemed to have decided that, no, nope, we're looking for one person. We need to bring this one person justice. And there's a great amount of speculation. And, and I, I, I do think part of that comes from the media. You know, the, the, of course. the media is covering it. They got that name, Jack the Ripper from the one letter. They, they, now it is so, it sells so many more papers to have this well, archetypical type of murderer out well, there and the stalking. reason though too that they're, they're not thinking, oh, well, it's just a fucking gang member is the, the thought process of that whoever is doing this had knowledge of an anatomy. They were a doctor. They were a butcher. They had a specialized skill. And so they didn't think it was a group of fucking savage gang members out for blood and justice. Wow, you're so judgmental. What, a gang member can't know a little bit about anatomy? <laughs> Those uneducated pricks? Right? Well, and the other thing, too, as we talked before, is, you know, he was also called the Leather Apron. There were so many people that worked in slaughterhouses that walked around with these aprons. They were going home and they were covered with blood. They thought Jack could have literally thrown an apron on, slashed someone, got blood all over himself, and no one would have looked fucking twice. <laughs> As you said before, yeah. everyone's covered in blood. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah, it just the way it fucking works. So they, they start looking of what can we find? Who do they seek out? Medical students. Because, yeah, you know, got to put yourself through college somehow. Maybe I'll sell a kidney or two. I think the real reason they were looking at medical students was the fact that organs were removed. Right. So that was a dead end. Movements of these students were accounted for. Everyone was ruled out and involved. Literally in every medical student. Every single medical student could account for their times and things like that. Others disagreed and said there was no great degree of medical skill. Could you have been a butcher? Could you have been me? Like I said, like I can find your fucking kidney. I, I I know what a bean looks like. It just looks like a giant bean. He he, he tried once, and and I'll never be the same. <laughs> I told him I would help. <laughs> that ice cost me like thirty dollars to fill that bathtub. I'm I woke still up upset. in a tub. <laughs> so police carried out extensive inquiries amongst numerous local butchers, slaughterhouses, things like that. They looked at everyone all they of could them find. Were cleared. They were all cleared. So they're not the doctors. They're not the medical students. They're not the butchers. I'm looking at the you, butchers, bakers, and the, the candlestick makers. <laughs> You're stepping on the same joke. <laughs> they also believed that the guy did live in the area. 2,000 fucking interviews were carried out by the Victorian police officers. 300 people were investigated. 400 people, some say. 500. I mean, the number goes up and down. 80 people were detained in police custody. I'm surprised that's it. Yeah. So is it possible that Jack was one of those people or was it possible that he was none of them? Was he one of the people that they interviewed and he slipped away or did they do all these and it fucking yielded nothing? Jack squat. So here we are. Oh, I see what you did. There. Jack squat. Jack squat. So here we are 129 years later. And what we're left with is the legacy of Jack the Ripper. 
So what is the fucking legacy, John? What are we left with? Since the murders ended, suspect after suspect has been put forward. And that is including today. Like right now, someone is feverishly typing away on a fucking keyboard somewhere. Like, I fucking know who fucking did this. <laughs> you know, like literally that shit is to this day, the bread and butter of so many people. I mean, you're not kidding. Fairly recently, like even author Patricia Cornwell got into the game again. She wrote her second book on the Ripper. If you're not familiar with her, she wrote a best-selling series about a medical examiner, like like fictional medical examiner mm-hmm. named named uh, Dr. K. Scarpetta. Anyway, uh, she wrote her second book on one particular person being the Ripper. We didn't even cover him. His name was Walter Sickert. He's a well-known impressionist painter from London. Well, I thought he was like, hey, I'm an impressionist. <laughs> I got lost there. He did Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. As a pints of light. <laughs> no, no. Uh, she wrote her second book on it. And uh, by the way, the USA Today gives it one out of five stars. It's so well versed in fact. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So s- stick with what you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, she did. Fiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, to this day, they continue to come up with new people. Well, and on top of that, then you got people, we talk about Prince Albert and the Freemasons. And his, which, yeah, the Freemasons. Yeah. Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland's author, Lewis Carroll, and a few more were outlandish theories that were actually thought of as suspects at one time or another. I mean, I kind of get it. Have you read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or through the, through looking, the looking Glass? glass? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is trippy. That dude has killed some prostitutes. He's killed somebody. <laughs> So or at least he had in his his fucking lucid LCD dream. So let's talk like how has it impacted the world? Well, fucking Jack the Ripper, like that name is synonymous with death, with serial killing. I yeah. mean, he's the original. And I said this, I believe, last week. Think of Jack in your head. What comes to mind? Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. No conspiracy bots. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the Jack that I comes feel, to his I mind. I feel like he's on a loop right now. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, call back. No, but seriously, you think of that top hat wearing suit, long cloak. cloak, probably with a fucking cane in your hand. And a pocket watch. Just a well-dressed man. And that... As we've learned. Ever go crazy about a sharp dress, man? <laughs> I just, it's funny because that is what we've been conditioned to think of. And then when you delve into the story, that is not what he looked like. He was a run-of-the-mill, fucking dirty, an enemy of soap. <laughs> how they were described. Well, and um, another well-accepted fact by most ripperologists was that he was a seafarer. So yeah. imagine somebody who could have been considered a seafarer at the Whoa, time and hung, me down <laughs> and hung out in uh, in Whitechapel. We're not talking about a, a sharp dressed man. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Why is it still so popular? Why is this something that to this day there's movies coming out this year about it? There's books being written. I, I think it's still so popular because there are so many holes in the story. Mm. I don't mean holes like like it's a bad story. I mean holes like you can fill in the blanks. Yeah. And people love filling in the blanks. Yeah. Like 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 I play because, Mad Libs all the time. It, well, it's kind of like a an old English version of Mad Libs. Give me a verb. Throbbing. <laughs> Ripping. Yeah. 
Uh, I hate it when they ask for adverbs. What ends in L-Y? Fuck, I don't know. He did it lovingly. <laughs> no, but I, I really do believe that that because there is so little fact still attached to this case that you can put in or, so or many characters. so many small facts that can be twisted right, to whichever right. direction you want to go. E- exactly. Whether you're talking about lack of facts or facts that you can twist around, it is not like many of the other cases that we've discussed where so many of the facts are in place. It's just a question of who did it. There are very few facts in place other than the fact that these women were dead and how they were killed. That's about it. Yeah, which at the time, if it hadn't been for the disemboweling, this was not newsworthy. No, and at it would all. never have been attributed to just one person. I mean, they were countless murders happening at this time, just not in the disemboweling and the letters and the from hell letter and the dear boss letter and all these things that were written. Well, fuck. I mean, the only reason we call him Jack the Ripper was from a letter that has been pointedly decided it was fake. It was written by other journalists trying to make it a little bit more scintillating of a story. Yeah. So we're sitting here calling him Jack the Ripper and the whole fucking thing. This whole fucking thing. The whole fucking thing <laughs> is based on a sham. With that said, like we're looking at the sham, we're looking at all the evidence. It's hundred. I keep saying this is 129 years later. Is this ever going to be solved? Is it stupid to think it could still be solved? No, no, it, it's not stupid to think because we have technology now that nobody ever thought we would have, right? We can rebuild him. We have the technology. It'll make it stronger or better. <laughs> 30 years from now, we'll have even better technology. Yeah. And there, there are still pieces of fabric. There are still items of interest that could be explored in, in science. Well, I mean, we could raid the Vatican, steal the chrono visor and just go take a peek. That's what we really need to be doing. I think I couldn't have said it better. I'm done. <laughs> no, but seriously, there, there are, I think it's foolhardy to say there's no way in hell we'll ever figure this out. Now, we might figure out that it wasn't one person. We might figure out it was a random set of killings. Yeah. But but to say it will never be solved ever, 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 ever is probably a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I'm with you a little bit. I I believe that things happen, things pop up, and something could be found. But damn, it is a lot of times went by and so many people were looked at. I, I think it is very tough to believe that we are going to solve it at this point in time. But that doesn't stop us. We've said so many fucking people. People are doing podcasts on this thing, for Christ's sake. Even this travesty of a show. Yeah, this, this, this fucking piece of shit we call a show is doing it. So obviously, this thing's run its course. I mean, when you get to Hysteria 51, you know you've made it, is what I was going to say, Brent. Yeah. Having us cover you is like having Weird Al remake one of your songs. It's a badge of honor. I completely agree. <laughs> Because we want nothing more than to give badge of honors to murderers. Yeah, well, it, it it gives them a sense of purpose. So with that said, we've talked about if it's going to be solved, when it's going to be solved. Solve it, John. So my favorite suspect is one we actually mentioned earlier. The one I hope really murdered these people. <laughs> That's one way to Lewis Carroll. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh, we mentioned before the guy with two names, Charles Allen Cross, Charles Allen Lechmere. Some interesting things I really thought, uh, and I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper on them. So first, cops had been walking around. 15 minutes prior to the murder, the streets were absolutely deserted. Right after the murder, it is known because they knew the routes of all the other cops 
that there were literally cops circling the entire block. If there was a murderer other than Lechmere, how did he escape? Mm-hmm. Okay. Robert Paul, who was the other guy with Lechmere, claims he found the body before police, right? And that there was another man standing over the body, being Cross slash Lechmere. The day after the interview, that's finally when when Cross slash Lechmere comes forward at the inquest. Why the delay? I mean, why 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 only appear on the second day of the inquest? I mean, like, why why not come on the first day of the inquest? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, come to police that night. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what's what's the purpose for delay? That's that seems weird to me. The fact that he gave his address and his name, but gave the wrong name, is a huge indicator mm-hmm. for me. Like, I I just when you act guilty, you tend to be guilty. According to police, I read this. I'm not making this up. I read this. The number one or two suspect is always the one who discovers the body. It's real simple. The person who discovers it is also the closest to the known time of death. That's why the husband's always the the number one suspect until they can clear him in a wife's murder. And fuck, 75% of the time is probably actually the murderer. Yeah. Yeah. So once Robert Paul got to the body and Lechmere was already there, they walked away and came across the cop. They told him about the body and Lechmere said, that they weren't sure if she was dead and that there was already another cop there. Here's the problem. There wasn't. Why would they lie about it? Well, they, they told the cop that the, the first one that was standing over the body asked for help. So you want to make sure that that cop heads that way and leaves you the fuck alone so you can get away. It also means that because there's another cop there, they're not going to be running. It gives them further time to get away. I say mm-hmm. them. It's actually Lechmere. I mean, yeah. the other guy doesn't need to get away, but he doesn't understand what's going on. Now, I, I heard two little things that went around with that, because this is one of the people that they throw around a lot. One of the things was they said, well, it was a cop who was actually doing the murders. Of course, he said, go get help. And then he, 86 himself, disappeared. And number two, when you said, like, the cops were in and out of there and they're the only people, they actually said that they were, like, hidden passageways, not really hidden passageways, but, like, shortcuts that the people were taking when they would, like, um, block off a scene. All of a sudden, there'd be a hundred fucking people there. And they're like, how the fuck did you get in here? And they realized there was all these, like, <laughs> shortcuts that the cops didn't fucking know about that the the residents did. They're like, how the fuck did you get in here? They're like, oh, well, you just go through here and do that and they go through the back. And number three, they also said, too, they didn't fucking lock their doors half the time. So you get in, you, you, you close out an area, you just walk through a house and you're out. Uh, but so, people, people, what you I mean? You would think that somebody else would mention that somebody cut through their house. Yeah, true. Or they're or they're not home, or they're asleep. You right. Because right, this right. is the wee hours of the morning. But yes. But the most damning part to me about Lechmere, he said he left where he was coming from at three thirty. It's a known fact that if you walk the path, it's a seven minute walk to where the body was. Okay. Now Paul said he arrived at three forty five. That would allow for about eight minutes. Time by yourself with the body. Mm-hmm. Lechmere said that he never was alone with the body. Like I just mentioned, anecdotal evidence would tell you that actually leaves you eight minutes. Just about the amount of time someone who wasn't necessarily a surgeon might need to to kill the person and to gut him. Listen, I'm not saying that this was definitively the murderer, but who am I most interested in based yeah. on all the research I did? This dude. You know what? Let's set our Wayback Machine to last week when we had Rob on, and we knew that he wasn't going to be able to make it this week, but he did have strong opinions. So we actually asked him his theories last week, and we're going to throw those in this week. Conspiracy bot? 
Oh my god, I I have a time machine. I have seen the kill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I wish that were true. It was uh, no. It was me. Uh, <laughs> right. I, actually, uh, interestingly enough, I having read the book and kind of you know reading other sources and stuff. There's a couple of suspects that um, stick out to me that I that I find uh, most interesting. Uh, the first one being a guy named Montague John Druitt. And um, what makes it so interesting is this guy had uh, medical training. He was single and he kind of fits some of that profile that the FBI had out there. And interestingly enough, the murder stopped after his body was found in the Thames having committed suicide. Yeah, and he had so, actually when they found him, I believe he was like decomposed. He'd been dead for yeah, a while. Yeah. Um and the so, and the murders had stopped for a little while. So you disagree with our assessment earlier that said the only thing seemingly linking Druitt uh to the murders was the coincidental timing of his suicide. Right. There was the the other thing is there's some circumstantial evidence that he was active in the Whitechapel area in the East End at that time um, in terms of like people knew that he frequented, you know, pubs and that sort of thing in that area. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Ripper, there's no like concrete, you know, like smoking gun that you can say, like, this is the guy or this is probably the guy. It's all mostly conjecture. I actually disagree. I have no problem saying exactly who it was. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no problem. Um, Now, that's it's just me making shit up. I have no problem saying it. But you keep saying Russell Brand. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't even think he was alive. That dude is shifty. I don't trust him. He used to be fat and now he's skinny. He's automatically dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way I roll. So who is the other one that uh, that you're leaning towards? So the other one is um, a guy named George Chapman. Um, And and the interesting thing about George Chapman is that's one we haven't gone over yet. Tell us. Yeah. So George Chapman is a guy who they actually know is a murderer because he was arrested and hung as a murderer in London uh, around, I believe, 18, nine, or 18 or no, I'm sorry, 1900 or so. He actually was a, a poisoner. That's how he was uh, caught. Conspiracy bot, that's not what he meant. So, poison kicks ass. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, go ahead. No, that's all right, man. Anytime I can hear the smooth sounds of Brett Michaels, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> so, um, but George Chapman was a, he was, he had poisoned his wife and, and I believe one other person and he was uh, arrested for that and hung, uh, found guilty and hung for that. However, um, what makes him interesting is that A, they know he's a murderer. And B, Chief Inspector Frederick Aberline, the man who a lot of people know as Johnny Depp in From Hell. Johnny Depp actually thought that um, George Chapman was the Ripper. Uh, There's no really evidence to back that up or any particular reason why Aberline felt that. But they thought but I guess it's that notion that. Well, if he's our, if we know he's a murderer, he could have possibly done this. The thing that makes people think that it wasn't him was obviously the fact that um, it's a huge leap from poisoning people yeah. to, you know, gutting them and stuff. So I, I um, actually, those I, are the two guys that that I yeah. find most interesting. I think the most damning evidence for Chapman is that his great grandson, Mark David Chapman, went on to kill John Lennon. Ooh. Alternative fact. Oh, that yeah. really was. It's his, in, it, I, no, I just made that up. <laughs> oh shit! I was just like, I was like, I didn't know that. 
and it, and I didn't know Lennon was um, dead. No. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So Chapman, um, I I actually learned about Chapman first, not from the Jack the Ripper book, but there was a there's actually a documentary on um, Netflix that you can check out called Murder Streets or something. God, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Murder Maps. That's okay. it. Murder Maps. And there's actually an episode about George Chapman, and actually Donald Rumbelow is is in that episode talking about Chapman. But when during the episode, they said that um, George Chapman was a felcher. I, I was like, <laughs> kids, go to Urban Dictionary. Go to Urban Dictionary and look that up. Keep going. Did I hear that right? Uh, he was a felcher, and actually, the word is feldscher, which is a German word, which basically means he was a a barber slash medic in the army. That not, is but not what I was. Not thinking. where I went. Right, exactly. My <laughs> same thing. Sandwiches. I had to look that one up after I heard it. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I got really um, excited and then really let down in a very fast <laughs> manner. You sound like your wife. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and obviously, uh, you can't help but find the the you know complete and utter batshit craziness of the Duke of Clarence conspiracy. You you can't not find that just at least slightly interesting, though. There's really nothing to to tie that to the to tie him to the ripper it's right. just kind of cool and there's obviously so the many basis for were, from helens i mean if you were alive at that time there's a slight chance that you were the fucking ripper you know and that's that's kind of yeah. well and there's a definitive chance that the c- cops at least questioned you about it yeah exactly. exactly all right rob well thank you for coming back on and giving us your thoughts on this and uh we'll let you go back into the ether that is uh last week's episode <laughs> <laughs> all right conspiracy bot. my time machine gotta get back to last week there you go all right conspiracy bot. we are back so he actually uh pointed the finger at someone that we had written off yeah you know, we didn't as, even include as, yeah. yeah and you know of course he he probably heard some more things when he was in england as our man on the scene <laughs> chief uh, chief ripper correspondent <laughs> robert young jr and sadly, that's probably the best on the scene investigation we've had thus far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how many years later, Brent? Uh, 129. Thank you. Thank you. Brent, what do you think? John, every week I come at you and I usually have pretty strong feelings. And you got to stop doing that. I come that. at you it's like gross. a spider monkey. Uh, I, I have strong feelings about everything usually that we cover. About me? That's weird. I do have strong repulsive feelings. <laughs> I look at this case and I tried real hard. I probably did more research on this subject than I have on any of the others that we've done. So this is the one that you actually went to page two of Google for. Maybe even page four, John. Maybe. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) I tried my best to get behind some. uh, There's people like Lechmere is one that... Lechmere is one that you can really point your finger at, but then I think a lot of it falls apart, or at least in my mind, I can make up theories as to why he was there and why things didn't work out at that time. You're right. You're, I mean, it, it's it's all. I'm just, I'm just saying him you're right. because you've, it's all anecdotal evidence. It, at the very least, he, <laughs> at the very least, he wasn't in South Africa during the murders, right? Right. They, right. <laughs> like they can't prove it wasn't him. So, and then Montague John drew it, who. As we know, Rob had said, like, there's just a lot of it's all conjecture. And uh, uh, we don't even know that he was 
alive during some of those because he's, he had drowned. His body was decomposed. And at that time, they hadn't really figured out the science that we had. Yeah, the date of death isn't for sure. No. So, you know, he only had a month. You had over a month to decompose. We don't know. You know, again, that's something, too. Like, oh, I don't want to live with it. Uh, I feel really bad. I should 86 myself. Lewis Carroll and fucking all these other people that are so outlandish. Prince Albert. <sighs> in a can. In a can. I cannot get behind anyone. I don't know. Isn't that kind of a good take on life? Don't get behind anyone you don't know. <laughs> Just saying. Don't trust this bitch. I, I, I wish I could I wish I could come at you with a strong resolve on anyone, but I poked holes in every theory that I was coming. Like, let's look back, okay? Elisa Lamb, I know what happened to her. I spelled it out. If you haven't heard, listen to our episode. I know definitively what happened to her. <laughs> I let everyone know. This one, I'm not about to step even a toe in the water because I I, I couldn't do it justice. Stop the <laughs> that is an evil evil robot <laughs> thank you nothing else to say <laughs> so brent you have no fucking idea i obviously have no fucking idea conspiracy bot do you have any thoughts i'm not gonna lie i spaced out about 20 minutes ago so yeah pass um yep that was worthless as or usual like hysteria nation what do you think there's one way and one way only to tell us what you think, and that is to- money. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sorry, maybe, I got excited. Maybe not only one way. But <laughs> go to Hysteria Nation. It is our Facebook discussion group. Go to Facebook, search Hysteria Nation, and let us know your thoughts right now. As soon as you're done with this episode, head there. There are other ways you can get in contact with the show. You can find them all at Hysteria51.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that as well. 773-669-7277 is the phone number. Leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show. There's a very good chance we'll play it on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. We do have one favor to ask. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a rating. It has to be five stars. Once again, that is the law. Law of the land. (laughs) However, you can write whatever you want has to be five stars. I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I, I, mean, I just make no sense. choice in the matter. If if it's not, we're going to send conspiracy bot to your house. No one wants that. I no. don't want him in my house. No, he's just going to annoy the <laughs> shit out of you. I don't mean he's going to hurt you. He'll just right. really annoy you. Yeah. I might hurt them. I do what I want. So, Brent, this has been a uh, a fun two weeks. Been a killer time, John. Uh, our special thanks to Judas Priest. Yeah, in in studio. Say hi, guys. It was great. Good time. A lot of fun. Sorry, we couldn't get mics to them, but uh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, we have a budget. They were quiet though, so at least we got that going for us. So that ends our epic on Jack the Ripper. In a few weeks, we are going to touch on another serial killer, but this time in America. His name will be H.H. Holmes, and we'll get to him soon. But for now, we'll probably get back into more paranormal, less murder. So (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But we do appreciate you listening. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. 
you can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.